Welcome to Clean Break, the weekly divorce podcast. We share the stories and experiences of divorce professionals. Find all the answers about the many complex questions about divorce and separation at divorcenet.ca. I'm Darren Javad, the chair of DivorceNet and your host for the show. With me is Tina Murray, DivorceNet's vice chair and co-host of the show. So good afternoon, Tina, and how are you today? I am great. Thank you, Darren. Today on the show, we have uh, Jamie Chepesky. He is actually a mechanic. His company is Bent Wrench Garage. Um, So I know Jamie lives um, locally to the Kempfell area and has a huge following of uh, very, very happy customers. So um, Jamie, welcome to the show. Thank you. Um, Give us a little bit of um, information about who you are, what you do, and why you like what you do. Uh, I don't know where to start. So uh, I got into the trade or decided to be a mechanic back in two th- yeah, 2000. And uh, I guess what interested me is in being a mechanic is ever since I was a little kid, I enjoyed taking things apart. Mm. Not always get them all back together correct as a chi- as a child, but uh, I enjoyed figuring out how things worked. I always wanted to know how my radio worked, so it was apart and exploded in my room, or if it was mechanical, it all had to come apart, and I had to figure out how it worked. Riding down the hill on those BMX bikes with the parts not quite lined up perfectly. and <laughs> Many a times, many a times... Yes. But that's how you learn, right? Right. That's how you learn. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So, okay. So you are in business for self. You own your own company. Uh, How long have you been doing that? Uh, Started the business late 2014, kind of really got rolling 2015. Okay. And before that, you were a mechanic for a large uh, dealership, correct? Yeah. I worked at two different dealerships uh, over the span of just about 15 years. Mm -hmm. So why did you decide to open your own uh, shop? Uh... I did not enjoy the dealership experience from either the employee perspective or the customer perspective. I just didn't see the value in it for either an employee or a customer coming in. Mm. There's a lot of perceived value or or presented value for a a client, but I don't think the value is actually there for the dollars that you spend. Mm -hmm. And I know one thing about you, Jamie, as I know Tina and I both know you on a personal level as well outside of just all the different networking groups. And you're... um, you're an incredibly passionate guy and an incredibly honest guy. You're mm-hmm. so honest and and just upfront with people. I see you interacting with people and, and you wear your heart on your sleeve. So I think that's awesome as a business owner. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I've gone into your into your shop and your shop is located in a beautiful, huge garage um, just on your property, on your personal property. And the one thing that I've always found, and this is going to sound a little bit crazy because it has really nothing to do with you being a mechanic, but is that I walk into your shop and you'll you'll put your, you know, my car up on, on the hoist and um, we talk. Qu- quite often nothing about my car. And I think one time you said to me that people do that a lot when they come in. I almost feel like you're a counselor. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like people tell you things. I hear that frequently. Yeah. Uh, I think when we're in business, we're not, if you're in business doing it right, you're not just in business for the dollars and the cents, you're in the business for the relationships primarily, and then the dollars and the cents will follow naturally. Mm -hmm. Um, You're building a relationship with people. Everybody that walks through the door, I'm trying to build a relationship with. Mm -hmm. And the money isn't the end goal. The the reason I do what I do, why I do what I do, is uh, 
transparency and honesty. Those are the two primary things that I try and convey to my clientele. And, you know, I think that um, a lot of people have a distrust of mechanics and that's, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe that's a pretty broad stroke to paint with, but I think a lot of people do. Um, But from um, everybody who knows you and who uses your services, that is something that that barrier you've completely blown out of the water. You've completely blown that myth or theory out of the water with how well you take care of your clients. Because I know nothing about a car. Ask me about a mortgage. I'm good. But about a car, I know nothing. And yet you are so honest that if you don't need the work done on your car, you won't. If somebody doesn't need the work done, you won't do it. Right. Right. I, I believe that your dollar is just as valuable as my dollar. Mm-hmm. So these big boxes that we drive around are big mysteries. We don't know how they start and run. We just know that they do. And somebody needs to be there to try and guide you through how that process all happens and then where you need to spend your dollars. Because as an ongoing cost, your car is probably going to be one of the higher costs on that list. It do- it's demanding dollars every couple of days for gas. It's demanding dollars every couple of months for an oil change or some type of service or maintenance item. And, mm-hmm. and that goes far beyond just a simple oil change. And people don't generally realize that. They, they rely on oil changers. We've got lots of oil changers type of businesses in the, the market. And you're missing out on a lot of service when you go to a place like that. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit. You are a member of DivorceNet. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I guess, in, you know, we look at people like Darren, who's a certified divorce analyst, and go, okay, well, we clearly see why he's in DivorceNet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So um, what is it that draw, drew you to becoming a member? Uh, I know that there, when people are going through a situation like that, it's very stressful. And... Uh, as it was explained to me, and I didn't know going into this, getting into, involved with this group, um, but there's generally somebody who has the contacts to deal with certain aspects of day-to-day life, and when they go through a divorce, then they lose all those contacts. Mm-hmm. And in many cases, it'll be the man who deals with the maintenance of the vehicles. It is in my family. Uh, it is in many families in mm-hmm. that scenario. So when people go through a divorce, somebody is looking for a mechanic and they're probably going to want somebody that's honest. Right. And uh, it, it would be very easy for somebody to tell me that my cell phone needed some small bit inside of it. And I would 100% believe it as long as it sounded like... Logical or reasonable. Logical, yeah. yeah. That happens all the time in the automotive industry. So I want to be somebody that's there to teach my clientele or teach somebody that needs to know mm-hmm. what their car needs and where they where they can save money and where they need to spend money. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or if they're buying a car at all, like, I mean, I know we talked about this, but uh, the easy route is to go to the big presence that's out there, you know, like the dealerships or something like that. Mm-hmm. Just because they have such a huge presence, that's the, that's the easy place to go to, right? But mm-hmm. you're not only sure, and I mean, you don't want to second guess and think that people are going to take advantage, but at the same time, you know, these are big expenses, you know, and, and are you paying, like you said, for something that maybe you don't necessarily need? I know you've caught, uh, you've caught me off guard a few times by giving stories about something, um, that you, 
you know, you told a story about somebody who had something that was wrong with their car, and it turns out it was it was a totally made up story, like the actual part that you were talking about. And me as a me as a fella, I'm thinking, well, I'm pretty mechanically inclined, and yeah, that's right, that could have gone. I, I could see that happening. And then you came out yeah. and said, this wasn't really a, a real part. I was just trying to make a point that people will will fall into that into that hole sometimes of hearing someone describe something that's wrong that really isn't. Yes, you know what I mean. So yeah. absolutely. It's really a tangent for me, but I thought that was brilliant the way you did that. Yeah. So. Oh, I just had a thought, but it was gone. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So you also help people when they're buying cars too, right? Like not just if they have to fix the car they have, but let's say they're going to buy something. I know I've heard stories of people bringing cars to you and, and getting some advice about that. Yeah, absolutely. When you're purchasing a car, uh, that's why you need to find a mechanic that you trust. Whether it's me or somebody else, it doesn't matter. I right. don't really care as long as you're going to somebody that you can trust mm -hmm. and that's got your best interests at heart. When you purchase a car, everybody has the same idea, whether it's a brand new car or a used car. Once we sign that contract and we sp we hand over those dollars, we don't anticipate we're going to spend any money on that vehicle probably for another year mm -hmm. outside of oil changes and regular maintenance. So... When you buy a used car and it comes to you safety from a used car dealer or a private sale, that's the impression we've got. That safety means I'm good. I don't have to spend money, but that's not the case. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, and you want to get that car inspected before you purchase it from somebody you can trust. So you know they can lay out a plan for the next year mm -hmm. and you know going into the purchase mm -hmm. how many dollars you're going to have to spend on the maintenance or the cost of running that vehicle for the next year. Right. Because right. you can use that for leverage to reduce the price on purchase or at least budget for what is needed in the, the near future. Mm -hmm. And cost and, and people having cost assurances is really important, I think, from what I see when people are getting divorced, is that, you know, they're, it, the, the household income is dropping dramatically because mm -hmm. they're separating now, right? So some cost assurances... I think are, are very important, you know, because the last thing you need as you're just starting to get on your feet and get a little bit of cash flow going, you got this new house, you got to support, you got all these new bills, you're by yourself. And now bang, the one thing that you can't live without is a vehicle. Yeah. Right. So, and, uh, I, you also made a really good point earlier is, um, that when people are going through divorce, one person will take all the contacts. Yeah. Which is huge. And a lot of people ask me, why do you have a mechanic in the group? Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. and I, I say that I say someone's taking the mechanic and they say, wow, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, and I say, no, but that person might not even have a relationship or even the phone number for the mechanic that, the, that their spouse was dealing with. Right. So that's that's a, a, a definitely an added value. And I see it, too. And you were just commenting before the show started about um, how many people, how, many, how, many, how often you hear people that come to you. That are actually going through divorce, correct? Absolutely. Yeah. It yeah. blows my mind. Yeah. So it's not out of the ordinary today. No. Okay. It's so. it is unfortunate, but that's why we have divorce net, right? Yeah. Right. Is is for those clients. So, do you find that you are primarily seeing more women? And and again, it, it's it's just simply that generally in a husband and wife um, situation, it's the man who takes care of those repairs and. Things like changing wipers or, you know, do you find that you're seeing more women per se or is it a bit a mixture of both? More women going through divorce? Going through, no, going through your door because of divorce or is it men? Uh, no, I've not really thought about it. I know the women are 
the ones who will talk about it typically. Okay. Um, yeah. And like you said, usually the man already has his contact mm -hmm. that he uses anyway, so he's not typically the one who's out looking for a new, a new mechanic mm -hmm. or, mm -hmm. or somebody that he can use. So. so let's say, you know, a couple are going through a divorce or a separation and um, there's a bit of like car jostling, you know, who's taking which vehicle. Because sometimes that happens in families where there's no sort of one designated vehicle for the person. Would you advise somebody to come and, you know, let's just say I'm taking over a vehicle that maybe is in my husband's name. Would you advise somebody to, to come to you and have them, have you look at it first or? Absolutely. Cause it's similar to a pre-purchase inspection. It's almost like you're buying a used car mm -hmm. when you do the division of assets, right? So you want to know, like Darren said, you want to have an idea of what your costs are. It's like you with a mortgage, a lot of people will go into a fixed rate more, uh, fixed mortgage yeah. so they know exactly what they have to spend every month and right. it's the same with a car you're going into a bit of an unknown uh if you weren't the one dealing with the car maintenance you don't know what could be coming up so it would be a good idea to get it inspected so you know where your costs are going to be mm -hmm. and what kind of money you have to lay out yeah speaking of, of cars where, where, where do you buy your cars from like what like you personally, if you're going out to buy a car, where would you you buy it, or where would you recommend somebody to 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 be looking to buy a car? Have you? Uh, I haven't bought a car in a lot of years. Okay. Because so <laughs> you know a good mechanic. <laughs> you have a good mechanic. I know somebody that can keep them on the road. Uh, it, honestly, it really doesn't matter where you go. Uh, dealerships are going to have kind of the the pick of the litter as far as the higher quality cars or the newer cars or the lower mileage cars, and then they kind of filter out to the smaller dealerships. But uh, you can go to any used car dealership and you're mm -hmm. gonna get some gems and some that you may not want to purchase. Some lemonades. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. New or used? Preference? It really preference? depends on your situation. Mm -hmm. Okay, it, what you it, can afford? Yeah, it comes down to finances. Okay. Finance, not only what you can afford, but what you're looking to get out of it. Right. 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 And Size. Finances mileage. can play into, you know, you can buy a used car, but it doesn't have new tires. It doesn't have new brakes. It doesn't have all those new fluids in it. So mm -hmm. that plays a role too. You might find a used car that's got all those new components in it. So there's some built-in value to buying that used car at the lower purchase price versus a new. And I try and help all my clients wade through those waters and figure out what fits their situation. Right. So I guess I do more than just fixing cars. I've helped a lot of people with vehicle purchases, be it new or used. Is there a sweet spot? Sorry to jump no, in. No, there. Yeah, there, yeah, that's is, okay. is there a sweet spot? Like, let's say a car is two, three, four years old. Is there a sweet spot where people should be looking if they're looking to buy a used car? Again, it all goes back to fitting your needs. Mm -hmm. Okay. Because a two, three year old car yeah. could have been a daily rental and maybe it just passes the safety standards mm. and so you're going to be needing tires within six months or brakes within six months because it wasn't maintained it was just a leased car and returned okay is there is there kind of like a rule of thumb though like like would you like i mean if, if somebody was going to buy a car i hear there's like a depreciation amount right like where cars that you buy brand new this year it's going to depreciate as soon as you drive it off the lot right yeah and then it depreciates so much per year or something like that right so i guess i'm i guess what i'm asking is is that like 
like if, if value, value, value yeah. for your dollars, like we're like, cost of ownership. That's what you're talking about. Yeah, you're looking yeah. at cost of year and numbers, guys. So you're yeah. thinking <laughs> in terms asking. of cost of yeah. ownership, yeah. and that's one of the questions I always ask people: is mm -hmm. how long do you plan to keep the car? Right. Yeah. Because that plays into cost of ownership. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If somebody is, I had a client come to me not too long ago, and uh, they were looking for a used car, mm -hmm. and I after talking to them and asking them questions about their usage of the car and how long they plan to keep it, they ended up deciding that the new car fit their bill a little better. Once I laid it all out for them, if you're going to keep the car for 10 years or 15 years or whatever it is, then why are you buying a car with a third of its life already, already used up? Mm -hmm. Right, right. Mm -hmm. And the right. depreciation really doesn't matter when you drive it off the lot unless you plan on selling it three days later. Right. That's a good point. That's just a magic number in the mm -hmm. air. Mm -hmm. Cool. That's good. Mm -hmm. Good point. Good point. It's just another one of those automotive myths. That, okay. <laughs> that people talk about. Mm -hmm. Well, and you know, um, so I now have a newer vehicle and um, so it is under warranty. So right now I take it to where it's warranted uh, for oil changes and, um, and whatnot. But you know, you are my go-to mechanic. And um, when we were in a situation where my vehicle was starting to show some wear and I wanted to make it last, Jamie, you know I wanted to make my mortgage mobile last. <laughs> you had that thing uh, wrapped in it. Yeah, I had it wrapped with my picture and, <laughs> and stuff. And I, you know, I wanted to make it last because I have kids who play hockey and it was a van and there's not very many vans left and I didn't want to buy another van. Mm -hmm. After I got rid of that one, I didn't want to buy another. And I begged you to make it. To, I begged you. I think I begged you to... Um, not make me get rid of it. <laughs> well, I didn't make you no. get rid of it. And I no. think I even told you. Yeah. I, I'm, I explained to you, I'm telling you not to spend your money with me. And, and that's I didn't a, want to take your money. That's the point I was about to make is that I wanted you to fix it. And we sat on it for probably a week. Yeah. Like you sat, it sat in your garage for a week. And, and I value that, right? I think that that's the point I wanted to make is that, <clears throat> There were other mechanics, and again, broad strokes, but there are people who would have said, yeah, yeah, fix it. And then three months later, I would have been trashing it anyway, right? So mm -hmm. I, I think that level of honesty of you could have, you could have fixed it, but, you, but no, you said, Tina, it's not worth it anymore. And you asked me all those questions every time I went in for an oil change or brake repair or this wasn't working or that wasn't working. I would ask you, what do you think, Jamie? Can I can it work for another year? Can I get another year out of it? And we just you kept looking at it and going, OK, these are the potential issues coming up. And here's OK, this is OK. We can deal with this when it's worth it. You know, and I really think that people need to. um Think about that when they're at their mechanics and particularly like I am married and my husband, but my husband has his busy life too. And so it was simpler and easier for me because I need that vehicle mm -hmm. to just take it to you, you know, and have you work on it while I was at work. And so I really, really valued that. What did I call you? My... <laughs> A little bit of a joke. You are my van husband. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's bring this back here on the value. All right. Okay, but no, but the value of that is that that's how much I trust you with my vehicle. And I think that it's really important that we need to be able to trust the person who's taking care of something that we rely on every day. And you mentioned something, and I just want to touch on another myth, an automotive myth. You said you take your van into where it's warranted. Yes. Your van, your van is warranted everywhere. Okay. 
So the dealerships would like you to believe that you have to bring it back to them for service in order to maintain your warranty. You don't have to do that. You don't have to use dealership parts to maintain your warranty. Okay. That's in the Consumer Protection Act. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's thing, something most people don't know. Yeah, oh, most people don't know that. I just had a client not too long ago who had purchased a new vehicle and yep. wanted to bring it to me, but didn't want to void her warranty. Right. And so she asked that question probably four times <laughs> before she would bring it in for its first oil change. Right. Okay. As long as you have an invoice documenting the servicing that you've done, at a, a reputable shop, you are covered under your warranty. Okay. Okay, okay so that brings me to my next That's question. fabulous. Give me three tips when it comes... First, we're going to go with the new or used car. So someone's going to buy a car. What's two or three tips you give them right off the hop? I'm thinking about going out to buy a car. What would you tell them? Identify your needs. Right. Identify your price range yeah. that you can spend. Right. And be realistic. Okay. Hmm. Take, take the, the sunglasses off and don't be wowed by the look of the vehicle. Mm-hmm. Uh, be very nuts and bolts and functional about how you're going to use that vehicle and whether or not you can afford it. I, I saw it all the time when I worked at the dealership. Young family would go out and buy a brand new van, brand new minivan, two years in, three years in. It needs tires and brakes. And they bought the minivan with a 20-inch wheel package because it looked really nice and fancy. (laughs) And they were maxed out on their payments. And then it came time to do the maintenance that was required, and they didn't have the money for it. So now they drive around in an unsafe vehicle. Yeah, so, again, just something as simple as Hmm. you've got big wheels on it, it's going to cost you more money for tires. That's something that I try and tell my clients because they're looking at the fancy vehicle. I'm looking at it practically. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay, that's awesome. You know, we talk about... No, we talk about people going through divorce and how um, you you need to use professionals, right? You need to use uh, divorce um, analysts. You need to use lawyers, mediators, even emotional support. You need mm-hmm. to seek outside assistance. Like that just pins it right on the yeah. hits the head from a general perspective, and just just from the divorce side because we always talk about how quite often people are are. They're emotional, they're not focused, you know, there's a lot going on in their lives. And so for them, it's just solve the problem as quickly as possible. Right. Right. They need a car. They don't care what they're getting. Just get me from A to B. I need something to get, you know, and it's hard for them to put the brakes on that, on that emotional side and think logically. So I, I, you know, I think one of the things like you said, I, I, I totally respect you, Jamie, and the fact that you are honest, but you're calm enough to help the person kind of see the logical Agreed. side of what's going yeah. on. So I'm going to jump ahead here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that was the that was about buying. So now tell me a little bit about give me three really good tips uh, for people to maintain their cars. So we drive, we drive, we drive. I don't know how many how much mileage do you have on your since your last oil change. Tina, I, I, you get it done regularly? Might not be a good question. No. I, <laughs> <laughs> so Jamie used to put like a little bit of an extension on when I needed my oil changes, but then he backed it off because he knew I was going to go to that extension if I <laughs> and beyond, right? Oh, I so, see. So, he, he under- so yeah, he would always underestimate where I needed my next oil change because you knew I would. Go past it. Yeah. I'm much better right now. <laughs> <laughs> he's like a he's like a mechanic, a, a vehicle coach. <laughs> yeah, 100%. <laughs> awesome. Okay, so tell me a little bit about that. Maintenance is a huge, huge part of what you do. Yeah. Um, and and I, I hear you talking to people all the time because you're saying, 
a little pro- a proactivity or, or, or maintenance goes a long way in saving you big bucks if you ignore the issues. That's right. right? So tell people a little bit first about what, what are your top three kind of things to be on top of? And, and then tell me a little bit, g- give, me some, give me a story about somebody who decided that they didn't need to take care of a problem and they would deal with it later. Okay, so we'll talk about that one in a minute. First one is give me the three top pieces of advice when it comes to maintenance. Be regular with it. Okay. Be very regular with your maintenance. Um, tire rotations, brake servicing, oil changes. Those are kind of the three regular ones that you're going to be doing and experiencing. You need to do those on a regular basis. If you don't rotate your tires, you're going to wear out tires. You're going to get abnormal wear on your tires and it's going to cost you big money sooner than it needs to in replacement of those tires. Mm. Same with the brakes. The brakes are going to seize. They're going to wear out premature and it's going to cost you more money. Mm -hmm. And you're going to have to deal with an unexpected expense at an unexpected time. Mm. You don't want that. Nobody Mm -hmm. wants that. Wipers Mm -hmm. too. Yeah, <laughs> wipers once a year. You're good yeah. to change your wipers. Oh, just once a year? Why? I, for some reason, thought more frequently. It depends on your driving style. And how they look, you know, when they start to smear. Right. So. Cleaning them. Most people don't clean the wiper blades. Oh. That's a good point. Every once in a while, you wash your car, you should oh. get out with a, a piece of paper towel or something and wipe the wiper blade. The wiper blade's wiping all the dirt that mm. accumulates on oh. your windshield off. Yeah. Pollution. What's cleaning off the wiper blade? Right. Mm-hmm. Oh. Right. Good Interesting. Point. Good point. Yeah. And, and then there's also some maintenance that you do. So things like, let's say, transmission fluid and rad fluid. How often is that usually done? Because I don't even know that answer, right? Like that's, it all do you varies, do it? It varies. Manufa- yeah, absolutely. You do it. And it varies manufacturer to manufacturer. Okay. Model year to model year. Mm-hmm. Wow. It, it's kind of a vehicle specific thing, we'll okay. say. Okay. And you have a really cool little gizmo that you use that you plug into the cars to kind of diagnose any issues that the, pro- the car is having, right? So that's, uh, um, what is that called again? Uh, uh, it's it's a scan tool. Scan tool, okay. Yeah, yeah. and uh, so, that it, so now that's something that most people can't do in their own garage, like their own backyard. They're not going to go and invest money in a computer and that little plug-in that communicates with the computer, right? Well, a lot of people think they do. Okay. Right. Yeah, yeah, I know a lot of they people run out to the little, little auto parts stores and they yeah. buy the the code reader and they plug it in and it gives them the code. Right. And that doesn't mean anything. Right. Mm. That it's a really nice little toy. That's about all it amounts to. Right. Okay. Um, okay. Why is that? So, like, if it gives you a code, like, I know you do a lot of research <clears throat> to figure out what the code is actually saying. So. The code might say something, uh, but there's a lot of information that the computer of the car sees. That you need to be able to access. All it's doing is inputs and outputs. Right. That's how it understands things and the way that the computer programmers program it to understand the world it sees. If it sees something outside of those parameters, it says I have a problem over here, but that might not be where the problem is. Right. The problem might be somewhere else, but the computer only understands that I see a problem over here. Mm-hmm. So you need somebody to be able to get into the computer, read all of that data mm-hmm. and be mm-hmm. able to interpret it. Mm-hmm. in a real world scenario mm-hmm. right to right. be able to diagnose it proper so that little code reader it really yeah. it's a nice toy mm. that's a good point okay one of the questions that's been asked we communicate via computers while we're doing this uh, podcast and one of the people in the in the room asked what are some things that the listeners can do to determine if they have a good mechanic like how do i know that you're trustworthy <laughs> Or things that they should think Trustworthy is a tough one, um, but 
to know if you have a good mechanic. If you find yourself constantly in a situation where you're bringing your car in for repair as opposed to simply maintenance, then you may not have a good mechanic mm. because they're not letting you know the things that are coming up. If all of a sudden you're driving along one day and your, your constant experience is when my brakes wear out, I replace them, then you may not have a good mechanic. You should know that ahead of time. Right. Now, you, your mechanic's not always going to hit on that, right. depending on your service intervals. But if you're always finding yourself broken down and being reactive as opposed to proactive, then that may not be the mechanic that's working in your best interest. Right. Which is what brings me back to every time you've had my vehicles up, you're like, okay, see this? I'm, you, you're looking for things so that we have a little bit of an idea of down the road when that maintenance may be required. Yes, right? I, I have a vehicle at the shop right now that was dropped off, uh, a new client. I've never seen the vehicle and they dropped it off for some diagnostics. It's been to other shops. I took it down the road. I didn't make it a hundred yards down the road and I turned around and drove back because I didn't feel safe driving it anywhere else. And I'm going to guess by the time I'm done writing the estimate, it'll be at least $2,000 wow. of repairs required. Wow. But it's had its service done somewhere else. And all of these components have all worn out and nobody said anything. So when you're getting an oil change done, I'm hoping that you're getting something more, a slightly more deep inspection done on the vehicle. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's the expectation that we have. Because you're in there anyway. I'm there. Right. That's right. Right. Simple stuff just to make sure you're safe. That's what it's about. It's about making sure you're safe and your dollars are spent well. Right. Right. That's a good point. So any other advice for, you know, sort of determining whether your mechanic is a good mechanic or things to look for in the mechanic that you're using? And I know that we don't want to go in being cynical. You go with the gut. You go with the gut. Do you recommend people have that, if you get that gut feeling that, you know, that the the person's going to do you right? Or if you get that, hmm. Don't know if this is really the right person for me. They say if your gut tells you that something's wrong, you should trust that. It's mm -hmm. like a sixth sense. It's a, a survival mm -hmm. thing that we all have. Mm -hmm. right. um, it goes back to trust and relationships. Mm -hmm. If you're just walking in and you don't have a relationship with the person, then you're really not going to know. You're not going to, here's my keys, fix my car, mm -hmm. and you leave. You're not developing that relationship, and you're not going to know until there's a big situation that's cost you money. I think another thing is as well as pressure you know yep. um that's one thing I, i've never seen you do is pressure somebody into making a decision or to do something whereas you know there's been times where i've been in dealerships where i was picking my car up from something and i've seen three people across the counter like pressuring people or making them feel like um like they had an obligation to have the work done like yes. or or they were using fear. There's a couple times I've seen fear where they they they're like mm -hmm. like you know using fear to get the person to do to commit to something. And I think to myself, mm, that that's where my gut says, mm, you know, I get a little bit concerned about that. Right? Like you can tell the difference between someone who's being genuine mm -hmm. and saying something that you know I really. It's when somebody says, "I don't say that you have to do it with me. Just get it done." That to me is a is a great positioning statement because it's saying I genuinely believe that this is a problem mm -hmm. and I'm worried for your safety where somebody says well you're not going to take your kids in this car because it's going to like think about what could happen to your kids that to me is fear you know trying to put fear in the person so right. leave your car here and I'm going to fix it you know but you wouldn't want to take your kids in the car because mm -hmm. your kids could die and it's like oh my god really <laughs> yeah yes. the thought process is that if you don't get your vehicle repaired at the dealership 
and they give you an opportunity to go somewhere else and get an estimate, then you're not coming back to get your vehicle repaired there. And that's why they'll use tactics like that. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And well, I don't think that's the way you, business should be done. And again, when, when like we've, you know, again, you've been maintaining, you were maintaining my van, and um, one of the things you took it, you actually picked it up at my office on your way by and uh you you took it i don't even remember what the original repair was but there was an issue that needed repairing and you said you know you can drive it as long as you're not going anywhere on a long distance and i said well i'm going to toronto this weekend and you said you're taking your husband's truck right that was a wheel bearing it was a, was it a wheel bearing yeah. and you know what and um that wasn't it when that wasn't meant to be a scare tactic it was meant to you can go you know a to b short distances if you choose but don't go anywhere long yeah. you know and you i think you knew i was going away that weekend so um i just i really think that people need to find a mechanic they can trust and particularly if you're finding yourself now not having a spouse to help you with those types of things um definitely you know i you forget that it's a key component of maintaining your life yeah. you know is that vehicle if you got to get your kids from a to b or you've got to be from A to B that vehicle is really important and uh, um, everything you do with your vehicle is a grudge purchase mm-hmm. <laughs> nobody wants to spend the money to maintain their vehicle right. unless it's their toy right yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So, you got a nice toy <laughs> <laughs> so I, I just want, <laughs> I want to make sure that 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 you have an open and honest experience about why you need to spend the money. And right. if you don't spend it with me, that's fine. I just want to make sure that everybody is safe. Right. Mm-hmm. Because you're out on the road and so am I. Mm-hmm. Right. And I don't want an experience where you've taken somebody's life mm-hmm. because you haven't maintained your car. So whether it's with me or somebody else is fine. Right. So back to my uh, other story question. Uh, do you have a good story about somebody who, you know, kind of neglected or said, you know, ah, I'll let it go a little longer. You got any good stories about that? Can you think of anything off the top of your head? Probably too many. <laughs> too many. I, got a few of those. I, just really, I don't believe that Jamie guy. That Jamie guy is just, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then they take off and then they come back and they're like, sorry, Jamie, I should have done it <laughs> when you told me to. Off the top of my head, I can't think of anything. You just put me on the spot. I did. I, did. Uh, I, I guess one thing I, that kind of gets to me is the the I was out on a road test it was the end of the day and it was raining okay. and I was just road testing a repair that I had completed and I was driving down the road and I could see a van a minivan pulled over on a Friday afternoon on the side of the road and it just didn't look like it was right something looked wrong so I passed the van and I turned around and I pulled in behind the lady and I got out of my the vehicle I was road testing and I walked up to her window and she opened it up a crack like I was going to rip her out of the van or something. She was scared. Oh, my God. <laughs> I said, uh, are you okay? Yes, I'm fine. My husband's on the way. I said, okay. She had lost a wheel <gasps> on her van. Mm. And I asked her what had happened. Who had last touched her van? Like, taking the wheels off of her van. And she said her husband, he yeah. tried to do the brakes on the van. And he found out he needed a special tool and couldn't do the job. So he put it all back together. She drove into Ottawa and had the van making a noise, so he told her to just get back home to, I believe it was Prescott, somewhere along the 401, drive back home after work, and he'd look at it. She wasn't going to make it. She pulled off onto the side roads. So the biggest pet peeve is there's a lot that goes into repairing vehicles, a lot of technical knowledge, Mm -hmm. 
And if you don't have that knowledge, please mm -hmm. don't attempt it because it's somebody's life. Mm -hmm. She told me if I wanted to take a look at the wheel, it was in the farmer's field across the road. Oh my God. Oh my God. Okay. Well, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to, wow. I'm going to actually, um, give you a little one here, right here, a little plug from me because I went to see you and this is one of those stories where, you know, I'll deal with it myself kind of thing. Cause I'm one of those kind of guys. Oh, yes. so, so I, I go to, so I go to see Jamie and I just bought these rims. And I was so excited about the rims, right? Big rims for my car, nice rubber on them. Got it for a great deal on Kijiji. You know, it said it would fit my car. Everything is great, so I buy them. Good price again. So I go in to see Jamie. Jamie puts them on the car, and these things look so sweet. Like, I mean, they were large, and they were wide, and everything was great. And then we put the car down, and it was like, just rub it a little bit. Right on the on the side. Well, we weren't quite sure. It was like close, right? So we get into the car, and he's like, "I got to road test this before you leave. I have to road test it." I was oh, okay. So we back out the car, and we literally go down the driveway and come up onto the curb. And as soon as we do, you hear the like that, right? And he, he's like, "I'm not even going on the road with this. We're going back. We're taking these off." I'm like, "I'm like, well, there's got to be something I can do. I might. Can I modify something?" What a shame! The rubber off. <laughs> and he's like, right away, he's like, you do what you want, but these are not safe. And if you're putting them on the car, you're not putting them on here. I'm not letting you leave from my garage with these on the car because it says, you know, you want to take them somewhere else, that that's your choice. But it, it was one of those things where I was in my mind, I really wanted it to work, and it didn't. And he was kind of like that, that, that little sober second, second yeah. voice, right? So you got the yeah. angel on one shoulder and you got the devil on the other. And I got the little devil saying to me, just do it, just drive the car. And then I got Jamie on the other side going, don't do it. <laughs> it's dangerous. <laughs> no, I was just taking the emotion out of the yes. situation. Yes, yeah. that's right. Yes, we're removing the emotion. Yeah. So tell me, um, tell me a story. Have you had any stories about where a divorcing person came in to see you and maybe you kind of helped them with some clarity like have you is there anything that really touched you being a mechanic and working with somebody has anything ever happened a story that you can tell because uh, i mean i i think you need a couch honestly you need I a nice really leather do, couch yeah. <laughs> yes uh i've had it's been a weird experience uh just growing a business on my own and having the people come in building the relationships they talk about all kinds of stuff and mm -hmm. I will talk with them about whatever it is that they need to talk about if they need to vent and get something off their chest mm -hmm. great uh, it's been odd having people crying in the shop not because of my repair bills but because of whatever they're going yeah. through in their life mm -hmm. uh, I don't know it's good to give back to the community like that mm -hmm. in whatever way I can I, I like to be able to give back to the community so and and those of us who know you Jamie know that that is to be that is true and an honest statement of who you are as a person and uh, as a mechanic we all know that to be true so mm -hmm. thank you so much for joining us on the show today um, how do we reach you how do people get get a hold of you uh, you can call or text at 613-290-4583 or you can email me at bentwrenchgarage all one word at gmail.com Okay. And also people can find you on the DivorceNet website as well. Absolutely. So uh, again, thank you. And if you need to find a mechanic, Jamie is the guy. He is your man. So <laughs> anyway, thanks. Thank you. Thanks, Jamie, for being with us. Awesome. You've been listening to Clean Break, our weekly podcast on divorce. You can find this and other great advice from divorce professionals at divorcenet.ca. 
where we upload audio, video, and blog content every week.